0: state and still draw them at every forum don't lose no points i just score them
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the forum i go by the name of charles diamond aka
2: the black bruce wayne here with
0: ali aka coffin boy
2: raj aka unwritten caldwell pope coffin boy
1: <laughs> you should you should definitely clarify that you mean holding, c-o-u-g-h, C-O-U-G-H and not c-o-f-f-i-n oh, boy no. oh
0: definitely definitely not 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 that uh, <laughs> you know oh, Lil wayne
1: that? did just announce that he was coming out with an album named funeral so maybe that was a yo, wayne reference yo
0: did you did you did you see that upside down
1: of course i saw it okay. upside down all right,
0: all right good just had to make sure um no I'm, it's it, uh i have a little bit of a cough um, it really sparks up when I talk, so uh, that's not a problem here. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I might have my cough a little few times, so try not to get annoyed by it because <laughs> it's sparking up right now.
1: <laughs> so this episode, Ali will get used to using the mute button. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, i've never used that before but i i will i will definitely navigate through it
1: i usually use it for for throat clears i tend to clear my throat a lot um
2: just keep that out of out of you guys' ears i think i used it like twice to sneeze and that's it like, i don't think i've ever used it before
0: i want the listeners to hear me sneeze though like they they know me i don't want to hide anything about me you know
1: I'm imagining somebody like listening to the podcast. <laughs> Raj sneezes, and then they don't miss a beat. They're like, "God bless you."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man! So meanwhile, we I, I have Mister Mister Cough and uh, Raj, uh, who is whose name today is an an ode to the greatest shooter in
2: NBA history. <laughs> He's a mix between Clay Thompson, Ray Allen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone else man oh man i was
1: i was unironically arguing at work the other day because th- it, it was a uh, last year it was a uh, i was drinking the kool-aid a little too much mm-hmm. uh and i was like i don't care i'll I'll take kcp over jj reddick and i said that out loud <laughs> in, in the <laughs> office sure, sure. so uh i got <laughs> for that for about a year straight and like, now as, as it, now i would
0: <laughs> as it as a shooter or overall pl- <laughs> over <laughs> jesus overall player
1: it, when you when that happens don't don't even try to finish the scene we got you I, <laughs> i'm in as an overall player um so obviously there's like you know mm-hmm. there's there's some consideration there but now yeah. i don't even care now everything
0: no now <laughs> you for sure sh- at least, I, mean, I, I don't know if i'm being biased but you for sure take kcp over jj like jj gets picked on in the playoffs yeah. which just because they attacked him on defense, but... Yeah,
2: but, I mean, before you were wrong. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no, before I, I was wrong. Yeah, let's yeah, be no, real. I, I, agree, mean, I agree. This I was agree. not... Either, like, Luke was just really making sure KCP had the toughest time, or I don't know what happened. The dude is automatic from everywhere. He's making smart plays. Like, he defended Kyrie. Well, he's been a pretty good defender, but... He's, like, his attention d- to detail is just insane right now. I mean... I don't know what happened to him, but...
0: I'm not I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm just imagining it. You know how, like, when KCP was struggling this season, uh, everyone had his back and was like, hey, you're going to get there. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. I feel like last year with Luke and the young guys, like, they'd come in and be like, hey, Brick Boy, what's up? <laughs> just roasting him on purpose. Just going hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was, that didn't help him at all. <laughs> hey, hey smoke doll, you gonna make yeah. a shot today or what? <laughs> he shoots on scrimmages, like he shoots and the and the defense like nah he's with us, don't even worry about it. <laughs> Someone sure. brings a red carpet to the practice are like why do you have that off ah, for K C P when he shoots threes? Just just go ahead and shoot those. <laughs>
2: oh, oh. I'm just imagining B.I. walking in like, hey you shooting like Lonzo, bro, like what the hell's going on? <laughs>
1: So all we ever really need is a strong support system. <laughs> <laughs> everything everything stems from there. Oh man. Well, KCP was uh. Sorry, KCP was uh <laughs> was uh, JJ Reddick last night two for three from uh from oh wait no that's free throws my bad he was three <laughs> for three from uh from three point land. Those
0: those catch and shoot corner threes were like beautiful yeah they were wet too it wasn't like a it wasn't like a like a bounce around or anything it, they were wet
2: and and his footwork too like when he comes off him he's hopping into it and going yep. straight up on both of them like i think the one lebron assisted to him was he was fading into the corner and i thought it was going in like any three he shoots now i think it's going in he shot yep. he shot six of ten in new york the two back to back like just he's shooting i think 43 percent now from three I believe it's like top top 6 or something in the league. It's funny because at
1: the beginning of the year there was talk mm-hmm. about the Lakers roster and that like they didn't have like th- that kind of shooter, the guy who like you could just like call a play for, run him off a screen, like Danny Green's not that type of shooter, Aver Bradley's not that type of shooter. Right. And obviously KCP with his struggles, but now like KCP is that automatic type of shooter. Like we we need a bucket. All right, run floppy, like <laughs> KCP run out to the three point line, let's get a good shot here.
0: To be, I, I feel like I feel like I feel like one. You're 100 percent correct. KCP's now become that guy, and I feel like to a sense Troy Daniels is, but it's also harder to keep him on the floor because he's not the same type of player KCP is with like on defense wise. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> and they also run like the defense, the dribble handoffs with Dwight. Him and like Dwight have a really good chemistry on both ends uh, that I saw. Like are their dribble handoffs, and then they know like each other's pick and roll def- defensive yeah. coverage really well. it's it's cool to see his
0: his and Dwight's chemistry is like at an all-time high I feel like and this is wild to to say obviously but I feel like their their chemistry is even higher than LeBron and and AD's like when they run that screen and he just Mm -hmm. and like he either like the defense doesn't know what to do because he's always either open for the layup or he has Dwight open for the lob each and every time Mm -hmm. because KCB does a great job of like navigating that like like kind of yeah. slowing it down, if he, or slowing down if he needs to, or just going at full speed.
2: Right. He, he comes off those flying, like he's like, yeah coming off 90 miles per hour, and the defense like, oh, I don't know what to do, and then he throws like a beautiful lob yeah. to Dwight. Do you remember last year, like in transition, he'd be like, he'd, we'd be like, oh, what's KCP in transition is like a turnover. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that's, that's basically what it is. Exactly. It's like, what are you going to get? You're probably going to get some like off the back for 360 layup, because he's going 100 miles per hour, but this year he's in control. Like, I don't know.
0: I have oh. been I have been trying to find this video to tweet out, and I have not. It's been like the past week and a half that I've been trying to find it, and I cannot find it. Hmm. You know, you guys remember it, over the summer, there was a scrimmage video that came out where KCP threw a lob to Dwight, and everyone was like that. He was trying to throw that to Orlando Magic Dwight. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. Yes. And like how far they've come. KCP, that lob was so bad. <laughs> that lob was so bad. And now like their connection is, is at an all-time high.
1: Maybe they bonded, you know, like maybe maybe Dwight was the one of the people who helped KCP get through that no, through that sure. intense phase earlier in the season. Yeah. Oh, I have no doubt. 'Cause that that Dwight Howard was straight up ostracized by, <laughs> by not even just by Lakers fans, but by NBA fans in oh. general. So if there's anyone he could have related to that, it would right. be him.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh speaking of Dwight Howard, um, he got the start last night at center because JaVale was was sick, unfortunately. Um, I personally thought Dwight starting at center would mean, well, I thought it would mean two things. I thought it would mean one, that he would play a lot of minutes at center. And I thought two, that we would get a little bit more of Anthony Davis at center just because the Nets don't have, the Nets were without DeAndre Jordan. They didn't have like too much center depth. And we got
0: neither of those (laughs) things.
1: (laughs) We did get Jared Dudley at center though. So there's, there's that.
0: Dwight Dwight really impressed me. He got the same amount of minutes that he normally plays. He like because Jared Dudley obviously got 17 minutes. That normally doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But uh he got the like normal amount of minutes he gets, I believe. I I mean I don't know how much he averages per game, but 23 seems like his normal amount, or like mm-hmm. maybe maybe yeah. a little bit over. Um mm-hmm. but he played so well in that role. He was like he was bullying Jared Allen. Jared Allen genuinely couldn't do anything on him. Like he he controlled that paint. I also love his hand, like, he's really quick with his hands, he's really good at swiping down at the ball, um, but yeah, he, I, I, I'm I not gonna lie, I really enjoyed seeing him in that role, and I know, I, I, this might be, not everybody thinks this, but like, I just thought that starting lineup was more fun to watch with him in that lineup.
2: Yeah, like, they talk about Avery having, like, setting the tone for them defensively and stuff like that, Dwight does that with energy, like, I think the first, their first basket, right, was like a Dwight offensive rebound and score. Mm-hmm. And then he screamed for like five seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, okay, like that should wake him up. He had 14 points, 12 rebounds in 23 minutes. Yeah. I said, that's like Orlando Dwight. And people are like, oh, you, yeah, that's disrespectful to Orlando Dwight. Like, but I mean, that's 14 points, 12 rebounds in 20 minutes is pretty. It's pretty insane numbers for
0: He's also he's also like you said with his energy. He's also communicating a lot on like on screens and everything. You kind of hear him through the TV,
1: right? Yeah. Just to reiterate, like about the hustle, it, it's he's you were right. He was bullying Jared Allen. He was such a like a presence on the boards. There was a point in the game where I honestly thought he had more offensive rebounds than the Nets did as an entire team, <laughs> just because he was just doing the dirty work and no one could. He's a physical specimen. Like Jared Allen can't do anything with him. Ronyans Kurz can't do anything with him. Yeah. He actually only had two fewer offensive rebounds than the Nets did as a team, so I was close.
2: Did you see him block Kyrie? Like his Kyrie's jumper, um, he was like moving yeah. laterally, and then Kyrie shot a mid-range and get, got blocked by Dwight. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's super impressive. Like he's like down low, moving his feet. Like, wow, uh, he's been great. I also enjoyed Anthony Davis
1: blocking Kyrie. Oh uh, um, yeah, I just, I enjoyed anybody blocking <laughs> Kyrie during
0: that game. I'm not <laughs> I think, I think a big difference and it's not, it's not like super important, but I think a big difference between Dwight and JaVale is like just JaVale, he'll make those like, you know, mistakes. And I think Dwight makes a lot less mistakes than JaVale. And also when JaVale goes up for like to contest a shot, I think JaVale focuses a bit too much on blocking the shot. Whereas Dwight Mm -hmm. goes up and more so to contest it. And I think that's like a huge, like a bit of a difference.
2: Yeah, Javel like, he focuses more on his athleticism, right? Like, that's what yeah. he uses. Dwight knows his age now, and he's, I mean, his IQ, obviously, is a lot more. And when you have that many defensive players, you're, you're, it's not by accident. Yeah. So, he uses oh, his mind a little more.
0: I, I forgot who tweeted it out, but that lineup was, like, the first time there was an every player in, in the starting lineup was an all-defensive player.
2: Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was cool. <laughs>
1: So the Nets, um, there were two things that the Nets did that pissed me off. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't have LeBron's powder to start the game. I thought that was pure gamesmanship.
0: (laughs) I saw that and I automatically, I I tweeted out, I was like, Kyrie's right behind this. He's for sure (laughs) doing something.
1: You literally read my mind.
0: (laughs) He Um, came into the arena he's like, listen, all the powder, gone. None. And I'm also shocked that LeBron doesn't have his own. I always thought, like, maybe LeBron brought his own.
2: That's what I thought, too. I thought he would have his own powder. You don't know what other teams would put in it. Like, you know, bring your own powder.
1: Kyrie also, there was a point where LeBron was, like, arguing a call and Kyrie like came over and like got in his face and was like mocking him, repeating what he was saying, smiling and mm-hmm. nodding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Somebody just dunk on him, please."
0: Yeah, it was when it was when they didn't reverse the call, which should have been reversed. I don't know how you don't reverse that call, but oh, it was
1: after the challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah got it. Yeah.
0: Um, and he they didn't reverse it, and LeBron like went to the ref, and then Kyrie just started clapping his hands.
2: That was a pretty clear foul, right? I mean, I, I feel I thought he went like right on the arm, but I mean, I
0: thought it was. I thought I found it hilarious that Stu was telling LeBron during the game. I don't know if you guys were watching on the TNT or or um or on Spectrum, but on the Spectrum one, Stu Stu went and was like was telling LeBron like that was a clear foul. Like he, you could tell he took off his mic just to talk to, to LeBron. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, sometimes, uh, when things go to review, facts are subjective. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's, all we'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> going back to Kyrie though. Um, I, so I, I thought going into this game that like, you know, Kyrie's, Kyrie's playing, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this is sort of his, his team now, and he's getting to play (laughs) against LeBron. I I thought that it would be, I I thought Kyrie would, would take it seriously. It would be like a good game, a good Kyrie versus LeBron duel. Um, and I don't really think Kyrie did the Nets any favors.
2: (laughs) Not at all. I I said this before, and I, I said, I don't really know what it means, but I was happier when Kyrie was on the floor than when he was off. Like, I felt more comfortable with our lead or how we were playing, like, if we would win with Kyrie on the floor. He just, he kind of, like, hijacks that offense. Like, it 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 reminds me a little bit of what KD did with the Warriors on a way less productive level. Like, they have their offense, and then there's Kyrie in his own universe. You know what I mean? He's just, like, doing whatever he wants. And then once he, like, gets double, triple team, he'll pass it to a teammate with, like, five seconds left. Very Rondo-ish. Obviously, he's a lot better than Rondo, but... Very Rondo-ish, the way he he approaches uh, that team. Yeah. I feel
1: like passing your teammate a grenade with a second on the shot clock is like one of the cruelest things you can
0: yeah. do. Yeah, I've noticed Rondo does that a bit with uh, Kuzma, but I feel like Kuzma, <laughs> yes. I feel like Kuzma likes that situation in a sense. But anytime he realizes he can't do anything with the ball, he literally dribbles towards Kuzma, Kuzma, and gives it right to him. And Kuzma <laughs> Kuzma looks like a deer caught in the headlights. He's like, oh. <laughs> and he just, like, tr- he, like throws up some shot. But about Kyrie, yeah, he... That team, when he's on the floor, I, I completely agree with you where I was, like, I felt a little more comfortable when he was there. Just mm-hmm. because, like, that team isn't... Like, I felt like that team has run a lot better with Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, I'm not saying Spencer Dinwiddie's a better player than Kyrie, but I think he for right now, he leads that team a bit better with, right. with the players on the floor. Now... Brooklyn fans just have to be really patient for next season for when uh when Durant's back and then you get that chemistry between Kyrie and Durant. I'm sure that's going to be fine. Yeah. Um but yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie the last 4 games, I just looked this up. Kyrie the last I mean sorry, the last 3 games has averaged 35.8% from the field. Has shot 35.8% <sighs> from the field and that's just that's not the greatest percentage. Um and I feel like if you're getting that Kyrie like you're going to lose each time. All right.
1: In a game the Nets lost by 15, Kyrie Irving was a minus 26 in his minutes, so I think that kind <laughs> yeah. of speaks for itself.
0: What was what was Spencer Dinwiddie? Let me see. Spencer uh, was actually
1: a minus 24.
0: Spencer, wait, no, he's a mi- oh, no. I'm sorry, that's Jared Allen. Jared, I apologize. He's a minus seven.
1: Yeah. Okay. It speaks right to your point. Yeah. Yep.
0: And I'm not shocked to see. Oh, is that? Oh, never mind. I was gonna say. I was gonna say because I saw pluses on the bench, but those are the guys who came in like last second. Yeah. You know,
1: ironically, out of out of uh, people who actually played substantive minutes, Joe Harris was quite impressive with his minus two, but Kyrie <laughs> doesn't think he's a piece for the future, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Just, have, we, have we talked about that on this pod?
2: No, I don't think we have.
0: That, him, like, him listing off the players, like, that whole paragraph he said was totally far, like, I, in my mind, I thought it was okay to say, like, everything he said, mm-hmm. but <laughs> One, I I think he shouldn't have said it, but it's okay they said it. But once you start listing off players' names of who you think is like a core part <laughs> and who you think is gonna be back, and you don't name players like Joe Harris and Josh and uh, I was gonna say Josh Allen, Jesus Christ, um, Jared Allen, yeah, like you keep like I don't know that's just that's just I don't know. And then you also don't name DeAndre Jordan who like came to this team to like to like right. help you guys out. Like, I don't know. I just think it's, I think it was a bad decision to, to, to list off teammates.
2: Yes. So TNT played that, TNT showed that quote again, and it's way worse the second time, like rereading re- it. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds horrible. He's just like, yeah, but next year, you know, after we trade all these dudes, like we will we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, then you watch the game. Like, I think I was saying this before we started recording, but like he, he'll like make really bad passes and then blame the teammates. Like. He had like one play I think I said he ran a pick and roll with like Wilson Chandler and then he threw the ball way off and then pointed like you're supposed to be in the corner when he just rolled a lot of a lot of stuff like that that he does throughout the game and you can kind of see his chemistry with that locker room is very weird um at like have you have you guys noticed I feel like I've heard more from Demarcus Cousins on the Lakers than KD with the Nets is that like have you have I you think, noticed th- that as well? Like I
0: think I think that's just because he might be like on our team, so that's why. But I I from highlights that I've seen, Kevin Durant's been at a lot of like home games. Right. I don't know if he travels with them. Demarcus travels with Lakers. I have no idea if he travels or not with Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, can you imagine LeBron? Uh. Last season, like near the end, just being like, "Yeah, we're struggling," but like. Next year with with Crusoe with, with, Cald- with Crusoe Caldwell Pope uh, Kuzma um, and Javale, you know, we're gonna really figure things out. And it's like everyone else, is like, wait, what?
2: I mean, to be fair, that's kind of what happened. I mean, <laughs>
0: no, I mean, he didn't say that
2: yeah I know Rich Paul did but I mean yeah. <laughs> but that
1: matters like it matters that oh 100% me, yeah. everyone knew LeBron wanted to trade everybody for Anthony Davis <laughs> yeah. but at least he didn't go on and like publicly say yeah we gotta trade this guy this guy yeah, this guy for Anthony for Davis sure. we're gonna keep these guys though Um, I wanna, I wanna clip it off and tweet it out cause Weber like Chris Weber just teed Kyrie up when mm-hmm. they played those the 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 comments um from, from Kyrie's interview oh, yeah. and I thought Weber like hit it on that that's just not what you should say as a leader and right. um it's it's funny because there was like that brief moment over the summer where I was like maybe Kyrie's going to come to the Lakers and reunite with LeBron just for like 5 minutes out of the yeah. out of the entire summer um but every time, and then, you know, obviously my girlfriend's a Knicks fan, so she was, like, hoping for Kyrie the whole time. So every time something happens with Kyrie, I just look at her now, and I'm like, oh, we really lucked out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> thank God we're not dealing with this bull****. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it is what it is. I saw a tweet, and it, was, and it said, like, I forgot what it said, but it said something like, how did the Cleveland media hide this part of Kyrie? Because <laughs> you never saw this in Cleveland with Kyrie, Ever. No. And so it's true. You never really saw this side. I've said this recently.
1: Kyrie, like, he needs an umbrella. Like, LeBron was his umbrella throughout his Cleveland tenure. Like, it didn't matter what Kyrie did because there was always the story of LeBron that would cover yeah. him. Well, um, I mean, will have— But now um, he's getting rained on. Yeah.
0: He'll have Durant next season.
1: Yeah, that's—I mean, so he'll have his umbrella. He'll be back to, to hitting big shots in playoff moments and— yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if you can put the cat back in the bag. I don't know if once you open up Pandora's box, he's just going to keep saying wild <laughs> stuff. I'm waiting for the day he's sitting in the, like, there's a scrum in a post game, and he just says something wild, and KD just looks <laughs> at him and goes, bro, shut the hell up. <laughs> that
2: that either goes extremely well or extremely poor, right? I don't think there's any, like, middle ground where they're just, like, this middling five seed or four seed. Like I feel like that's either a good team. But that team like blows up and is a yeah. train wreck. Like I don't. See we're, we're playing
1: them in the finals next year, or <laughs> or it's just <laughs> there on the cover of the New York Post. Exactly. in
0: Paradise. That would be such a fun finals m- matchup <laughs> with having LeBron and AD versus KD and Kyrie. You have the story of like um, not only Kyrie and and, and uh, Kyrie and LeBron, but then you also have KD back in the finals after his Achilles. That I just think that matchup would be so like fun.
2: Yeah. I'd probably lose my shit wondering who's guarding KD. Like I'd, I'd probably die. So <laughs> it would be very stressful. <laughs> yeah.
0: Who would you? Okay, so I put I would. I mean, I think you'd have AD on KD, and then you'd put you put Javale if he's like let's just say he's starting next season and all this is the same. You'd put Javale on Jared Allen, right?
2: Yeah, but I mean, I don't want AD. Well, I guess this isn't for a full game, right? You're not having AD on him the full time, or are you?
0: I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like I would. I feel like. Okay. I, don't, I wouldn't want to do
1: that to be honest.
0: Yeah. Who? Who on the roster is going to guard up KD? <laughs> who
1: on any roster starting KD? I, uh, no. You, you know he put, he
2: put God out. on KD, and he'd be like, "Uh." <laughs> I did my best. He dropped thirty five. You know what I mean? G- but- Gabriel, double, double. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Got the angel joke in.
0: That was good. That was actually really good. Thank you. We should just
1: put duds on him. <laughs> just get in his get in his grill. Um, yo, that buzzer beater from the third quarter? <laughs> that was the greatest Jared Dudley moment I've ever seen in my entire life. I,
0: I lo- He celebrates after every three and I love it. I'm here yeah. for it each time. He always does that celebration where he like puts out both hands and shows a three. He does that every time and it's the best
2: thing. Did, did you see the Nets bench after he hit that? So, so he hit that, and then, like, DeAndre Jordan still, like, hey, what the hell? I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like DeAndre Jordan doesn't even know Jared Dudley, like, played for the Nets last year. So, like, he knows all those dudes. He's like, what the hell is he talking all this crap for? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen you since Cliver's days. What's going on out here? You're still in the
2: league? What the hell? <laughs>
1: Yo. All right, any other uh, any other tidbits from the Nets game before we move on?
2: Uh they went on like a 22 to 0 run or something like that to just end the game. It's weird how they do that against these kind of teams. The game is like close and all of a sudden they'll just go on an absurd run. I think they it was like 26 to 2 until like the middle of the fourth quarter. It was pretty pretty wild how they how they just punch teams in the throat.
0: So what you're saying is it was a game of runs?
2: Yes, sir. Mm. I may have been. I may be saying that. <laughs> you know that that's actually an excellent
1: segue into our our next topic, um, because it's been discussed and you brought this up, Raj, first and foremost. So I'll give you credit there. But it's been discussed that the Lakers are sort of a, a, a front running team right. that was talked about. Uh, Zach Lowe talked about that with McMenamin on his podcast mm-hmm. um, yesterday, and this has been talked about in general. And I think games like that sort of. Games like the one against the Nets sort of like sully up that reputation a little bit or at least like cloud it a little bit. Mhm. Um Raj, it was your topic, so I'll let you I'll let you I'll let you tee it all for us.
2: Yeah, so there's this like going around um reputation that the Lakers are a front runner like you said Zach Lowe brought it up where they they kind of just beat on teams like but once they hit like a little bit of adversity or the team hits back, um they kind of fold. And I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think you can have the record of um, what are they? 39, 38 and nine, or thirty nine and nine, and and have that. Um, but I mean, I I feel like that only happened against the Clippers and and the Bucks. Basically, those are the two. And Orlando eighty didn't even play, so it's kind of hard to say that. But I mean, they do they do need to to work on that, especially against the Clippers. I feel like the Clippers have some kind of mental advantage, but I wouldn't say they're front runners. Zach Lowe also said they weren't front runners. So I mean, what do you guys think?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I I think I think there are times where they get punched in the mouth and mm-hmm. then they don't retaliate. Cause I think I think the most important thing with them is like they have to reta- retaliate quick. Cause if they right. don't, like with like in those games, they end up losing it and like just like look like they're not like, like look like they're down and out mm-hmm. because in those other games, at least if I, if I'm saying correctly, they kind of, they're down, they get down big and then they come right back. But right. like, we, you know, if they, if they hold it out for way too long, they kind of get down on themselves. It seems mm-hmm. like, and they get a bit soft. Right. Um, but that's just my view on that. I think, I think it is a little overblown. Um, just because you're right they have come back like against Houston and stuff like that but once they let it get a little bit out of control that's when they look like they're you know not com- like they're not coming back
1: so i oddly feel like it's not that they're front runners it's like they have they're like dangerously confident mm-hmm. in that like if they like the Celtics game was the game where the first game where I feel like they went down and then they were just like, nah, we just don't feel like doing this tonight. And it wasn't like they were like, oh, we, we can't do this or they tried to have a run and they just couldn't get there. It was legitimately like they, it, it seemed like watching, they, they were like, Uh, we know we can beat these guys, but I just don't feel like going through the effort of coming back from this deficit (laughs) right now. And that's honestly what it feels like. It feels like they just think that they can turn it on at any time. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're front runners. They just really believe that like they only have to give an effort during certain parts of the game. Like even last night's game, I don't think they were like on cruise control for the first two and a half quarter or two and a half quarters or so. Right. But it was very different when they decided like All right, these guys are just like not gonna score like they were just scoring. Like we're just not gonna allow that. Um, and I feel like when they do that, when they have an opportunity to do that, they they're very successful, obviously. And when they when they feel like not trying, (laughs) like like I don't I don't want to say they weren't trying opening night against the Clippers, but it was very clear that that game did not take on the seriousness for them that it took on for us, just like the Celtics game. Um, and I feel like that's just the way they operate. They they only perform under confidence. It's not like being a front runner. It's just like. Eh, I don't feel like it right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And uh, Pete made like a good point on his uh, at Laker filmer made a good point on the podcast. I think he said these games like they just feel bigger than they are because they're on national TV, right? But to them, they're just another game in January, and they probably don't care about the Boston Laker rivalry that like a lot of people do. So you'll see, I, like rewatching that game, they Boston hit like three kind of like BS shots. Like if like you know Gordon Hayward hit like a forty five footer. Mm-hmm. Kemba hit some like weird tip in, and you could just see their body language. They're like, "Yeah, I'm not trying to do this tonight. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm in New York in two days. Like, let me let let me live."
0: That's what saddens me. I feel like I feel like that's very true. I think I think the the guys on the team on the Lakers, they're they're all vets, and they just like exactly they don't they don't care too much about the rivalry. They're they weren't a part of a finals against them or anything like that. Whereas Mm -hmm. the guys, um. On the Celtics, they're all young. You know, they know they know about this rivalry. They probably they saw like you know um, they saw the Lakers go up against Celtics in two thousand uh, you know uh, eight and then two thousand ten. Um, so I think I think that was like that plays a major part. Like they 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 wake up a little more for that rivalry than the vets do because they're just like eh, it's another game. Whereas those guys are like no, it's a Lakers Celtics game.
1: I wonder if like if Anthony Davis signs a, a long-term contract with us like it, is he ever gonna like is he ever gonna is that is that rivalry ever gonna be instilled in him is it gonna be imbued in him or like
0: i think the only way it brews up is if if um they meet in the finals and then like obviously if they meet in the finals and the following season that's brewed up and all that <laughs>
2: right yeah i feel the same way he they would have to play in the postseason like he sees it as like a game against jason tatum and uh, and Jalen brown you know what i mean like just thinking <laughs> yeah. about it from that standpoint he's like uh, i mean if they beat us by 30 or beat us by two what's the difference uh, that's just how i see they they went into that game but um uh,
1: yeah it did seem like that game had a lot more importance to the celtics players and than than absolutely it did to, yeah. to our guys absolutely so.
2: yeah Boston was also playing terrible basketball before then. They've lost like five of seven, so they were pretty hungry to get a win. Um, a lot of factors into that. One.
0: Yeah, like yeah. the Boston Lakers games um, last season, or like not even last season, but like the last few seasons have felt way more intense than that one. Like where the Lakers kind of you know came like like actually really tried during those games, and like it felt like a Boston Lakers game. <clears throat> I'm hoping for the next one when it's in LA. I think when it's in LA, those guys might wake up a bit more because, like, they'll know the fan, yeah. the Laker fans are in the building, and like they right. they they'll like feel the pressure a little bit more there. So I think that game will be a little different.
2: Yeah, I I hope so.
0: <laughs> but also, yeah, not not an excuse. The Celtics played really well that yeah. game too. They, they 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 like you said they it felt like they were there for the Laker Celtics rivalry. And they really like, you know, just like destroy the Lakers.
1: I was really mad Jalen Brown dunked on LeBron. Oh, so.
0: that that killed me.
1: Because now <laughs> Tatum... Uh, this is actually the first time I've referenced it since that night, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> didn't want to talk about it at all.
2: I really didn't.
0: Now Tatum did... and Jalen both have one.
2: Yeah. Did, did you hear LeBron's like, answer to that um, in the postgame? He's like, if you compare like how many people I dunked on to how many people dunked on me, and he did like this hand thing where he's comparing by ratio. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he like up and down. He's like, if you compare my dunks, like who's dunked on me? It's a it's a pretty wide gap. I'm like LeBron, just stop. Like yeah. it's it's okay. You know, people, we're, people, we're not people gonna talk know. about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be over in two days. Just. <laughs> There's no reason for that. I mean,
1: he didn't even dunk on me. He dunked in the vicinity <laughs> of me. Like, I'm not really... <laughs>
0: it wasn't really a poster, just a picture, really, that got printed out on big paper. I was shocked LeBron when contested that, because he was late to the contest. Did, did he really contest? Did, <laughs> he He He, c- he kind of did. I feel like he yeah. jumped, he did, and yeah. he, like, halfway jumped, and then halfway through the dunk, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to get this. Let me just, like, put my head down a little bit.
2: Uh, to be fair, that was a better contest than he did all night. I mean, he was, he was not trying to be the rim protection that night at all. He was just like, uh, we're down 25 right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this has ceased
1: being my job. <laughs> rim protection <laughs> down to 25 lead. It's not me. It's not what I do here. <laughs>
2: I think that's enough on Boston. <laughs> yeah, that was too much
1: in the first place. That was too much in the first place. Um, one last thing on on uh, on LeBron, and I guess we can we can um, transition there. There, were, LeBron made news again um, on a very unKyrie like quote. Um, I forget who it was, but they asked LeBron, you know, what what do you think the Lakers need to do mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the trade deadline? Like, what do you guys need? Is there you know do you guys need another piece? Uh, and LeBron said that they are perfectly fine the where, the, where they are. Uh, I think the question actually alluded to the finals. Like, what do you what do you need for for your finals run or for your playoff run? Right. And I think he said we're focused on getting better. You know, in January we're not worried about what we need in June. We're gonna figure out you know how we can get better every day in January, and we don't need anybody other than who we have. Mm-hmm. And that was really nice to hear because I I think I've sort of over the past. Few days I've been thinking about it, and I kind of don't want the Lakers to make any trades.
0: I I think one LeBron gave the correct answer to the media. Like you are not going to say, yeah, I think we need one more piece. You know, like I feel like because with how high that chemistry is in that locker room and everything, you're not going to say that. So I I think I think part of that was like not only him being really confident with the team he has, but also you know not wanting to ruin any type of chemistry whatsoever.
1: Not wanting to rock the boat at all. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. You just want to keep it just the way it is in case nothing happens in the trade deadline. I think he learned from last season. Um, but, yeah, he even pointed out, he's like, we're, we're a lot better team now than we were in the beginning of the season. You know, like, we're still learning how to, like, you know, uh, play with each other and stuff like that. He This is what he said, because I have the quote here. He said, we're a really good team, but we're not a great team, and we shouldn't be. We were just put together in September. And he pointed out how he, they're better now than they were in September. So I think that was, like, the perfect answer to give for that. And I, I think, in a sense, like, he's right. They could, they I mean, they could make it to the finals, you know, with the team they have mm-hmm. right now. Um, do I think they can get better? Yes. Like, with a trade? But it's not necessary. But obviously, like, you still want that, maybe that other playmaker and stuff like that. But he's not going to say that.
2: Right, right. So the quote, other quote he said was, like, we have enough, right? Is that what he said? Um, we
0: do you want me to read the full quote?
2: No just just that part where he said uh we have enough to make like when the reporter asked do you need to make any moves and he said we have enough. I'm guess
0: Yeah, he said we have enough right now, but it's not about competing and worrying about June, it's about worrying about January.
2: Yeah. That translated to me like we have Anthony F and Davis like <laughs> like what <laughs> what else do I need? But um yeah, it's kind of I I'm I'm in the boat of I'm trying to add to this team, not subtract. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, Zach Lowe made a good point. Like, he was talking to McMenamin on his pod and he said, chemistry is a very fragile thing, right? It's kind of like, um, the butterfly effect. You change one thing, it kind of has a multitude of, um, reactions to it. That, that's kind of my thing. I don't want to just ship off Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels for another marginal player, you know what I mean? That doesn't move the needle or I understand trading coups for like a Covington or something like that, which I guess that that's a wider gap in talent, but. I don't want to just sell off pieces on this team, or mm-hmm. like I don't think Demarcus Cousins is getting moved. I, like you know what I mean? Like that, I, I just yep. don't see them messing up that bond and chemistry that that's obviously built and is respected um, throughout the roster. And I I don't think I want to just mess that up for marginal moves that don't really make that don't move the needle enough.
0: You're hundred percent right. Like for example, with Quinn Cook, people might say like, oh, he's not a big part of the team, you can trade him. But like he's really close with Anthony Davis and LeBron, and I think day to day that's huge for those type of players to have people they're close with. And, you know, that even if they don't make a big impact on the court, they're making a big impact off the court by just, like, having LeBron and Anthony Davis enjoy their time here. And, like, every every time they're walking in the plane, you see pictures of them three together. And Boogie Cousins, he's not playing at all. But I actually think he's been a huge part of the chemistry off on the bench. Like, clearly, the whole team loves him. And, like, he messes around on the bench with them and everything. So I think just those little things, like, if you trade Boogie... I think you, you take away their enjoyment a little bit. hmm
1: So you said you don't want to trade, like, those... You, you can't mess up chemistry for a marginal piece. Right. Um, the alternative, obviously, is making a major splash. Mm-hmm. I guess the feeling, though, is that the Lakers don't have enough Assets, like, capital-wise yep. to
0: make a major splash. Like, Kuz's, Kuz's contract is so low, like, that if you were to trade him, you would have to add other pieces with him.
2: Exactly. And all these, all these deals that I see feel very lopsided <laughs> to the Lakers' <laughs> way. You know what I mean? Like, especially on Twitter, like, the Kuz and, like, Chordano's <laughs> cook for Robert Covington or deals like that, like, or for is It just feels... uh, Unlike unrealistic to me, just in my opinion. So, and uh, the other moves feel very marginal. Um, That's why I'd rather just add to this team. Like, if you can get Darren Collison for free, or and uh, see what you can get for a wing. But Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I just feel like this chemistry is too, too, too important to the team.
0: I I'm so curious just to see like, obviously Iguodala. Like, I I just don't think he's getting bought out at the end of the day. But I'm curious if he like even gets traded.
1: Yeah, I don't think that I don't I don't think it's uh, as clear cut as uh as it seems because mm-hmm. I I I, th- I guess the Clippers you know it was reported that they're searching for a wing depth on mm-hmm. the trade market so obviously Iguodala would be one of their options but if they're going to trade you know real things for Iguodala you you want to you you'd feel like at least that they would want to trade those real things for someone with a little bit more staying power or maybe like a little bit more impactful. Like, I don't know if you'd rather have, you know, Robert Covington versus Iguodala. That's like, I guess that's up to you up to whoever, you know, whatever decision you're making. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I'm giving up stuff, I'd rather give up stuff for Robert Covington because he makes less and you have him locked down for more and he's younger. Yeah. Right. Um. So I, I, I say all that to say, I think like I'm still holding out hope for Iggy. Like I, I think it, I don't see too many teams other than like the, the contenders of, of contenders like philly or I, I like i don't think milwaukee is interested in him so i don't see teams other than like philly and the la teams interested and i just don't see them giving that much up for for iguodala over the other wing options right and mm-hmm. if the market dries up then like i don't think i just don't think memphis is just going to be like oh we're not going to buy you out you're just going to sit here and rot
0: yeah i I think I think the clear like the the two differences between like Covington and Iggy is like with Covington you have a three point shooter and a defender a three and D guy whereas with Iguodala you have a defender and a playmaker so like clearly Lakers like adding Iggy would be huge for them because one you wouldn't even be trade if the buyout you wouldn't even be trading for him but like you're getting that playmaker you really need and that wing defender you're getting like two and one yeah
2: yeah that that dude hit huge shots in uh, second round of a series, or even in the Western Conference Finals last year. Like that dude, that dude's a gamer.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I don't know. I, it's like two weeks until the trade deadline. I mean, and he makes like fifteen million a year, right? And that's a lot to give up for a contender to match that salary. Like, uh, I'm with you. I'm still buying out, buying out hope that he gets bought out uh, at some point.
0: I I'm just like going through the trade machine just to see what Clippers could do for him, um, and. I'm just like, cause I'm just curious to see, and I feel like if they did, if they did Patrick Beverly and a first for Iguodala, and then signed Carlson, I think I would collapse.
2: <laughs> yeah, but they would never trade Beverly. I don't no, think. Like, I don't. I don't had, yeah.
0: Oh, the money doesn't even matter. They can't even do that trade. Never mind. Oh, okay. Because Iguodala makes seventeen and Beverly makes twelve. They'd have to add one more small player, like with a like a four million contract or something.
2: Right. Please do it. <laughs> I tear it down. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Harkless works, but I mean, I, I don't think I would even trade Harkless for Iguodala right now. I mean, Harkless is the better player, at, at yeah. least for now. So, I guess that's the dilemma they're in as well. I think but, they,
0: um, what what Memphis just really wants is a first round pick. I think that's what they're like searching for. Yeah, they don't really care too much about the players. It's more so like the picks.
2: Yeah, and I don't think the Clippers give up their first for dollar. They've already given up so many. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they have this year's to trade, I believe. They can trade their first this year. Uh, but then they want not have one for like the next five years. But, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. All of that to say that, Raj, you're completely right. It would be much better to add <laughs> than to, to, to take anything away from this beautiful basketball that we're seeing right now. There was a graphic on last night that the Lakers matched the second best start that they've ever had. Mm -hmm. um record wise and all the it's tied with i think two other years and then there's the um the 71 72 season Mm -hmm. where they had the the best record i think they were like 40 and 6 or something crazy i don't i don't remember the number i just pulled that out of my ass to be completely honest with you but the point is those other years uh the ones that that are tied for second best and the best start they won the title so Mm -hmm. to be to have that kind of start to the year is incredible um, and the chemistry is obviously a huge part. Danny Green was on Zach Lowe's podcast, and he said that this was the most fun he's ever had on a team. Mm-hmm. He was just talking about everything that, that the guys do together. Right. Um, so you gotta you gotta take all that in, into consideration. He, and I think honestly, at this point, that matters more than like Bojan Bogdanovich. Yeah, yeah.
0: He said he said it's like a college team where like they're that close, and I think that's so cool because you don't see that that often with NBA teams. They're just so like tight knit, and they hang out off the court. They do everything together. I just think that's so that's really cool. Cause like normally you see that with just a small group of people, or like mm-hmm. a small group of the team, maybe like three to four players, or like three just you know like two players. But yeah, just for the whole team to be that close is something very rare and something you don't want to mess up.
2: Yeah, I think Jared Dudley said that too, right? It's like his most fun team. Maybe since Phoenix, like that, that young Phoenix team, but that seems to be a consistent theme. Like everyone hangs out, um, except for Kuz, who goes with Vanessa Hudgens, but everyone else, <laughs> everyone else seems to be, seems to be really close.
0: You know what? You know what's one thing I would love? You know, if he said this, I would, I would be like, all right, we're keeping him. He's not leaving this team. If Rondo were to say this is his favorite team he's ever been on, I would, I would say he has to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say he has to say because for him to say that when he was on those Celtics teams and like everyone views him as a Celtic for him to say that
2: easily didn't they hate each other like not, like at least from the stuff that comes out later like they had like a I, they had like a r- really really like tumultuous time especially in the later years I guess not the 08 title it, year
0: I think it was just um Ray Allen with them I think I think besides that Paul Pierce, Doc Rivers, Kevin Garnett, yeah. and Paul, and uh, who am I missing? Uh, Rondo. They were all super close. At least I, I thought
1: Doc and Rondo had some issues too. Yeah, like oh, obviously oh. not like crazy, but because yeah. I remember stories about how Doc would like KG would have to carry Rondo out of practice because because <laughs> Doc wanted him out and he was he was being petulant, He being Rondo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: rondo in his prime was probably like the biggest asshole huh like like, back (laughs) it up exactly jeez i i
1: can't even imagine i can't i still want i still want to like see be a fly on the wall for games of connect four in the celtics (laughs) locker room (laughs) and rondo just getting pissed off and not letting anyone beat him He's important to the chemistry too.
0: Uh, (laughs) You're you're not you're not lying. Like clearly, Rondo. I mean, I mean, LeBron and Davis love him, right?
1: Well, and he's playing defense like he was in the fourth quarter last night. Who? How can you not love him?
0: That Rondo. I just wish the fourth, like third quarter and fourth quarter Rondo, were the Rondo that we get every game.
1: Dog, we got playoff Rondo last night. It wasn't even the playoffs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just scared playoff Rondo isn't a thing anymore.
1: I mean, I thought playoff Rondo died, but he was. In, in, maybe it's not playoff Rondo. Maybe it's just fourth quarter against the Nets, Rondo. That's who we've been looking for this whole time. Anyway, uh, we are, I guess, uh, 13 days, 13 days until the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, we uh, we talked about the Lakers' objectives, what they need, and what we hope they, what we hope they do, and what we hope they don't do. Um, but we can take it league wide now. Mm-hmm. Ali, you wanna you wanna take this uh take this off for us? For sure. Us so off.
0: we got down one, two, three, four, five, six. We got six players that we're gonna talk about, where we're gonna see if we believe that they're gonna stay put with the teams that they're at, or if they're gonna get traded, and if they do get traded, where to? Now we're gonna start off with Derrick Rose. Clearly, he's been in trade rumors. The Lakers have been connected. You know, several other teams have been connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so should I start this off? Yeah, yeah I, I I think he is going to get traded. I think Pistons know his value is at an all-time high right now. And they're clearly restarting by, you know, a uh, little spoiler, but Andre Drummond is going to show up a little later. Um, but uh, with Andre Drummond trade rumors and, like, them saying that everyone on the team is... I think they said this, that everyone on the team is available. I could be wrong, but I think they said that. Um, but, yeah, I, I just... I think Derrick Rose is going to be traded. And he's going to be traded to the uh, 76ers that's that's my guess I don't think he ends up coming to Lakers I think he ends up going to the 76ers what about you guys
2: uh, I'll, I'll go um, I, I think he's going to stay in Detroit to be honest um, he says he really likes it there um, they they obviously need somebody to fill those seats um, especially well, we'll talk about Drummond later but <laughs> I think they need somebody to fill those seats um, I think Blake Griffin is out for this season if, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm right, correct I'm correct and like, he says he loves it there. He's close to home. Um I think they keep him. He's he's got one more deal, like so he signed for two years, so I think they can still trade him next year if they want to. Um and yeah, he's playing well for them and he gives the Pistons fans something to cheer for. So I feel like he stays in Detroit. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm actually I'm gonna agree with, with Raj on this one. Um the the Pistons I like obviously they're not good, but they're they're ninth in the East right now. Mm-hmm. Um they're only like two games behind Brooklyn and they're four games behind Orlando for eight and seven, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also like a couple games above Chicago. Like they're clearly better than the worst teams in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you know, there are they're a couple good Derrick Rose performances from like all of a sudden being in the playoff picture. I think it means a lot to them to make the playoffs. Um, and the fact that they might be able to do that while also potentially trading Andre Drummond and getting some value for him like I think you're going to get more value for Drummond than Rose and if you can trade one of them still make the playoffs and get those assets I think that's I think that would be a good plan for a, a market like Detroit, because they they just moved into that building like a couple years ago. Like they still want playoff revenue. So I think he ends up staying. It's like you said, Raj, they, he's got another year after this. They're yeah. still in playoff contention. They can still trade Drummond. And then next year, like you come back and you have hopefully a healthy Blake Griffin or at least a surgically repaired Blake Griffin, <laughs> and you still have Blake. Seku Dumboya, their rookie from this year, has been playing pretty well. Svee's been playing pretty well. Um so I don't know. I think they. I think they just keep Derrick Rose and roll the roll the dice uh, next year with a, I guess a reshuffled deck from the Andre Drummond trade. But mm. I, I think he stays. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I'm writing these down. So I have me as 76ers, and you two are both staying, correct? Correct. Right. <laughs> All right. So next we have the other piston, Andre Drummond. Uh, I this one's tough for me because there's a lot of there's like several teams I want to say the two that I'm kind of stuck on. I don't know how they get it done. But one is the Clippers. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna guess, and the other is Atlanta because you know it's been the rumors, and you could, I could see it happening. Uh, but those supposedly those trade talks have sort of died. Jeez, uh, I'm gonna shit. Um, when do you guys want to go first on this one? <laughs> <laughs> Did I have a cough? I can't, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll, I'll I'll go. I I I think, I think. Uh, no, you know what? I think I think he goes to Atlanta. That's my guess.
2: Hmm. Th- that's my guess as well. I think he gets traded to the Pistons. I, I guess just I don't see Andre Drummond as the player that I guess he's valued as in the league. So um, it's kind of tough for me. Like if I was Atlanta, I wouldn't trade for him. I don't think he's on their um, what do you call their like their trajectory, like, I don't think you need to pay Andre Drummond $30 million next year because that's what he's going to command. Um, he makes $28 million this year, mm-hmm. so that's, that's kind of a lot to um, kick out in salary. Mm-hmm. So, like, for the Clippers especially, I, I'm not sure they would give out that much salary to get Andre Drummond, right. especially for one year because they're not going to pay Andre Drummond this summer, right? He's a unrestricted free agent. Um, so, yeah, I think Atlanta's the team, although I, I don't think they should, but I think that's who will get it done. Okay. Yeah.
1: So part of me thinks Boston would be interested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, please, yes. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because there's been talk about them needing a center. They have Vincent Poirier, if that's how you pronounce his name, Daniel Tyson and Ennis Cantor. Um, and I just feel like Drummond offers a bit more force inside than obviously than, than Poirier, who's like a rookie, or Poirier, if that's – again, don't know how to say it. Um, the difference is like Tice and, and Cantor, they both – well, Tice, you know – Actually, Tice doesn't... I thought Tice was, was hitting threes at some point in time. Is
2: Am I making that up? Who? Daniel Tice. I'm not he had like, sure. He had like two against us. I'm pretty sure. He had like so two. maybe
1: that's maybe that's what I'm thinking. But anyway, I feel like he steps out. He can pick and pop. Andre Drummond doesn't really have that. They're used to their center kind of having that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I also feel like they kind of need a big... Like, you think about who they're going to be playing in the... East. Like, they got to make it out of the Eastern Conference... Mm-hmm. And if Toronto stands pat with everybody they have, they're big. Um, Milwaukee's got got length, they're not as big, but they have uh the two Lopez's, obviously, and Philly is just gigantic. And right now, Philly is lined up to play Boston in the first round of the playoffs. So I feel like Boston might make a move just to 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 better a specific matchup. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they might not use him that much in the finals, but you gotta get there and you're gonna be playing against these big teams um in the eastern conference playoffs so i could see boston kind of doing something like that now the salaries are kind of weird um just because he does make so much money i also feel like boston would be willing to just like match the salaries and not add anything on and just be like the cat like you're getting i don't know like a second rounder or something or maybe like you know maybe a couple second rounders but you're getting cap relief we're not going to give you long-term salaries like that's the way the trade's going to go i could see danny Ainge posturing like that mm-hmm. Long-winded way of saying, I'm going Boston, and I would also, like you, Raj, love if they made that move. It would be fantastic. <laughs>
0: that, I would, that would be aw- Well, according to Ennis Cantor, they don't need to make a move for center, because uh, they have him, so they're fine. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> and, and, I mean, if he plays, like, every game that he did against the Lakers, then sure, why not? He clearly out-rebounded <laughs> the crap out of our team. Um, so there you go. All right. Uh, next, I added a new person on the list. Um, and we can do these two at the same time. Uh, I'm going Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Uh, I really think Tristan Thompson is going to be a clipper. I think they're going to find a way to get him on the team because they obviously want to center. I don't know who they trade, but I think they're going to find a way to get Tristan Thompson on the clippers. Um, and as far as Kevin Love goes, I know he's not staying... I mean, not I know, but like, I really think he's not staying put. I um, uh-huh. think he gets traded, but to where, in all honesty, I'm blanking. Like I, I I really don't know the answer to that. Um if I had to I wanna I wanna somehow say the 76ers, but they didn't they're not gonna they don't have the money, like I don't think they can add that many players to trade for him. I mean maybe Tobias. Uh they could, but you know what, just for the fun of it, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say No, I said Derrick Rose to there. I can't do that.
1: I mean, they could just make a lot of trades, man.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Just for the fun of it, I'm going to say 76ers. So, I mean, I could get one right. That would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Shotgun approach. I just think think, uh, Tobias, in my opinion, has it fit as well as he could. Um, Mm -hmm. And he does make a lot of money. And I think Kevin Love, yes, he does make a lot of money for the next few years. But, you know, getting that stretch four next to Embiid... To actually start working in the post a little bit, that that would be a nice mix. And Ben Simmons would have his other shooter out there.
2: Uh, well, hold up, so then you would have. Oh, uh, you'd have Al
0: Horford. Good. Yeah, Good. yeah. God.
2: I was like, so you have Kevin Love at the three right now.
0: Uh. You know what? Yo, Z- Zig, when they zag. Yeah, at, let exactly. Me let me, let me think, you know, I need to think about this beforehand. You know, so let me, <laughs> let me, you know, let me think about it while one of you guys go.
2: So, Tristan Thompson makes 18 million this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't see him getting bought out from that Cavs team. So, I don't think, I don't know if the Clippers will send out enough to match that kind of salary. And I don't think he's the kind of guy where, like, you trade that to get Tristan Thompson. Um, I mean, he's, he's been okay. He's actually been good this year, but uh, I don't, like, I don't know what contender is throwing out that much money to, to bring in Tristan Thompson. And then Kevin Love makes, like, his leverage is so low. Um, Oh, I thought the same about this with Paul George, but like he has like three years left. Like he just signed this yep. mega deal. Yep. And he's like almost thirty. I don't think like he's in the Tobias Harris like mold, right? Like yeah. he's he's too old, but he's not old, but like he's old enough where you can't like fit him into a young core. And so yep. there's no you can't have like a bad team trade for Kevin Love. It would be pointless. He needs to be a contender and again he makes like almost thirty million dollars a year, so you can't it's very hard to trade for him. The um,
0: thing is yeah. Kevin Love. He one. He's like he's he's in the Tobias Harris mold, but like Kevin Love is a little bit older than him. But right. also, like Kevin Love has like injury history, so that makes it even oh, harder. Yeah.
2: That's true. Uh,
0: so for for uh, Tristan Thompson, you said he's staying, Raj.
2: Yeah, I think he's staying. Okay. I think he stays at the Cavs.
0: And what about what about Kevin Love?
2: Kevin Love, I also think he stays. Wow. I think he just has to. I think he just has to fight it out in Cleveland. So I
1: actually think I, I think Tristan Thompson has a good chance of getting moved only because there's a team that could use his services in the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they just lost their center. I don't think Maxi Klabe has been great this year in his minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess they have another guy, and I'm bugging that I can't remember who else they have playing five. Um, I don't watch too many Mavs games, obviously. Anyway, <laughs> the point being that Dwight Powell was like, just a, a tough nosed dude who was just like a rim runner, set hard screens. That's exactly what the type of game Tristan Thompson has. And like Dallas is very serious about making noise. Obviously, like Luke is an all star, all star. KP's just not playing five. Like he's just not a five. I don't think he wants to play the five. I don't think he likes that physicality. That's not the way he plays on offense. Right. So I think they want somebody to play five. Um, so I can see Tristan Thompson getting moved to Dallas. That's my prediction. I think Kevin Love's kind of screwed. Like he signed the extension, he get, makes too much money. He's completely destroyed their leverage. Like the only I, the only way he gets traded is if he gets traded to Portland, and I just don't see them making that move. Like giving anything up love? for him. Yeah, for mm-hmm. Love. Um, it's o- it's only funny because I I think I googled Kevin Love trades yesterday, <laughs> and one of them was like KCP and Danny Green and a pick, <laughs> and I was like, get the f- out of here. Um, <laughs> so. So so um in 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 that thread, uh no, I don't think Kevin Love gets moved out, moved out, not at least not not until the off season. I think he's just gonna have to stick it out for the rest of the
0: season. Okay. Uh so you have stays. By the way, to answer your question, I think their backup centers for right now are Maxi Kleber and Bobon. So those are their two. Oh is oh, yeah. what I was thinking about, my bad. Uh,
1: and you're just not gonna play Bobon thirty yeah, minutes. No. Like no. Maxi Claybon Bobon's just not
2: gonna get it Bobon's done. Bobon's
0: the playoffs, player so. that you bring in for ten minutes and in those ten minutes he like wreaks havoc.
2: Yeah. yeah, it but looks like can't. Kareem against us. It's very annoying. Like he's <laughs> he's <laughs> absolute trash against the whole rest of the league. But he comes in against us and he's like hitting mid-range jumpers and like what the hell?
0: Um, for Kevin Love, I, I, you're right in that his contract is just too much and he's there's so many years on it. That's hard for him to move. I I just really believe he moves. I just don't know where. Like I just want to say 76ers for the hell of it, but that doesn't add up.
2: Yeah. I like Portland, though, for him. I mean, I feel like Portland should do something just to show Dame, like, hey, we're serious. But, I mean, I don't think they would give up Simons, which you would have to in this deal, I'm I'm guessing. I mean, they just made a trade
1: specifically to get underneath, like, far further underneath the luxury tax. So, there's no way they're going to trade for Kevin Love unless they're willing to give out. Like Unless that, that, that trade that they just made, uh, the Trevor Ariza trade, was to set up their financial situation so that they can take on love without getting under the, without going over the tax. But they just don't have enough wiggle room to do that right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, if they can get love for CJ and Areza and Filler, I mean, I, I don't know. I, f- I think that's interesting, at least. But I don't think they would ever trade CJ, so I'm not sure.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm stuck because I don't know what team. So I'm just going to say a team, and I don't have any reason for saying it. I don't have a trade scenario. I just think it's funny. So I'm going to go Knicks.
2: Oh, Oh my God. God. He'd rather just stay in Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Colin Sexton to Dennis Smith Jr.? Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is unfair. I,
1: I thought you were going to go super out of left field. I thought you were going to say the Thunder. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the
0: Thunder? Ooh. That, oh. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, maybe I'll change it. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding.
1: Um, <laughs> well, only because they're like right at the edge. They don't really have like a, like a, a punch or anything at the four. Yeah. Like, I mean, they have Gallo, but like... I don't know. I don't know.
0: Also, I think I think Knicks fans are gonna be mad at you, Raj, when you say Dennis Smith Jr. They're gonna be like, "No, it's Frank Nielakina and Alfred Payton. It's not Dennis." Uh, Smith oh Payton. yeah. I no, imagine. and RJ Barrett. To be fair, he'd ball- he it, ball. it
1: honestly is Alfred Payton over Dennis. Smith yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Next, we have Robert Co- Covington. Um. Ah, jeez. I. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Jeez,
1: my man, is struggling. I
0: know, I because I didn't think these through. So I'm first up, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta think of it quick.
1: I'm ready for Covington. Go, I'll you go. go, you go. He's gonna be a Golden State Warrior. That's my Ooh, prediction. I, dude, that, see, that's what
0: I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I like that.
1: I think, I think they're gonna get this D'Lo thing done. I think that's what's gonna hmm? keep Cat happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I also think that Golden State is going to work. Gerson Rosas. I think that's going to be a negotiation for the ages, and I think the fact that they're giving up D'Lo after the year D'Lo had last year, um, you know, his his age, like he's he's maxed out, but it was it was, I guess, less of a max because of his age. I think Minnesota is going to jump all over it in order to keep Cat happy in order to solve their point guard problems, and I think Golden State is going to we're going to read that that the news of that trade if it happens to be like damn Golden State got all that so yeah that's my prediction.
0: I, I, I I was stuck between Warriors. And staying put, and Uh I didn't know which one to say. So, I because I was like I was like putting in my mind and I was like thinking of scenarios. Yeah, I I agree with you on the Warriors. Like, I think, I think the main reason why is just because one when when obviously I think the mix of D'Lo Steph and Clay works. Like, you can do that, but to put Covington instead, I think is a way better fit because then you have Covington as a three and D guy that can like spot up while clay and Steph are doing their thing. And then like you have that, def- that extra defender where that D doesn't provide. And then you also have, you know, I just think he fits with the team really well. He fits that, that, that three that, you know, like before, like obviously Durant's a million times better, but you know, before it was Durant. And then before that it was like, I mean, it, there was Iggy and then Harrison Barnes. He just fits that mold. Um, but yeah, ma- mainly that trade is happening to make, cat happy and like you don't want him to be upset for much longer especially they haven't been making the playoffs and you never know a trade request can come out of nowhere so yeah i think i think i agree with you rick with the warriors
2: i i agree with you guys but i think that trade happens in the summer not um not before the trade deadline okay because like you said they were gonna work that Wolves front office also um cat doesn't really have He's in the same kind of leverage boat as all those other guys. He just signed like a super five year super max. He signed for like another, I think, three or four years. So he can't really request a trade right now. Um, so yeah. But I think like Covington goes to one of the contenders, is what I see. Um, like Phil, I'm gonna guess Philly is my guess. Is like everything from what I'm reading. I'm not really sure what the deal would be, but I have going to Philly. But yeah, I think that Golden State deal happens in the summer. Cause, cause everything that they did to get D-Lo, they had to, renounced they had to trade Andre Iguodala just to get into the cap for it um and all those things and Delo's played well at least and at least from what I've seen I don't think they're just going to trade him um, in 2 weeks uh, so
0: my only thing is if they do trade Covington to Philly that Delo trade isn't happening they don't I think the main piece that the Warriors are getting in return is Covington right so I don't I think if you trade Covington that trade isn't happening
2: that's true um yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, f- I, feel like they're D-Los makes so much money. Like that's that's such yeah. a weird deal, anyway. Um, like, what do you think that deal is? Is it just Cummington and like a bunch of picks? Like, what do you think that that deal is? Is it Cummington also? Who did they take number four? I forgot.
0: I oh, uh, uh, hold on. Let me get. Let me pull this up. Um, Google Minnesota Timberwolves over. W- roster. What? We're
1: we talking
2: about Jared Culver. Yeah, Jared yeah, Culver. Yeah, so it'd be like yeah. Culver, Covington, and like a bunch of picks for D'Angelo Russell at thirty million dollars a year. Like <laughs> that is It's curious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it'd be tough.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go Philly though. All right, Philly. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: I'm gonna just dump all over that idea, and then I'm gonna
0: go Philly. <laughs> I'll switch it up. Um. All right. So after that, we got Marcus Morris. Um, yeah. I, I I just I think I think he stays. I think Marcus Morris is a, is a piece that stays with the Knicks. I don't think they. I think Knicks fans love him, and they know they don't have a big season. So, right. you know, just appease the fans. At least sell those tickets. Um. Yeah, I think he stays.
2: I think they should trade him, but they won't. (laughs) Like Mm I I just think where they are, Marcus Morris has enough value to where you should be able to get something and I mean you just got the number what, number two pick in the draft that should sell the seats enough. And in New York, I mean they sell out anyway, so Yeah. Like I feel like they should trade Marcus Morris, but they won't. So I think he'll stay as well.
1: I also think he'll stay. Y'all said everything.
0: (laughs) Okay. Perfect. And then um Let's see who's last. Oh, Montrez Harrell. (laughs) Montrez Harrell. Um, My guess with him is that I just, I understand parts of why they might want to move, the way the Clippers want to move him, just because he's going to ask for a big contract. And Montrez Harrell is a player that every team needs. Like, he brings so much energy and he gives it his all every game. And he like lifts other players up and everything. My only thing is I feel like he's going to demand a max or a near max type of contract. And I just personally, I don't know if he's that type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, So I understand why they might want to trade him for those reasons. Yeah. But I just think for this season, you don't want to do that. Like he's, a big part of your playoff run and everything so i i know i have that tristan thompson's coming to the clippers uh mm-hmm. but i'm 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 staying put with montrez i think he stays
2: yeah if they trade montrez like there's a lot of billboards they got to pull down i mean they have uh, he's basically what they advertise as their team is um mm-hmm. And he makes so little this year that like paying him next year is kind of just like evening it out, in my opinion. I don't think they trade him, uh, but I mean the Clippers are very cold cutted. I mean they traded Blake Griffin, what two months after they raised his banner into the rafters. <laughs> I mean so they they've shown to be pretty cold. They traded Tobias Harris right in the middle of the season, even though he had a great year and was pushing them to the playoffs. So you never know with them. Um, I think he stays, but I've seen deals like him for Sabonis, or which I don't even think Indiana <laughs> does. But yeah, I, I think he stays. Um, but I hope they trade him. I I really do. But I don't think he does trade traded.
0: I do too. He he's a big part, and I think losing <laughs> him would be a huge loss. Like I'd rather have Montrez and Tristan Thompson, obviously, regardless of contract wise or whatever.
1: Yeah. I feel like the Clippers are banking, even though like the chemistry issues are obvious, like he didn't hide it at all. <laughs> but I, I think the Clippers are banking on when they get into the playoffs and they're in, you know, the, the second round and potentially the Western Conference finals that Montrez is going to be like, oh, this is what all that was for. Like he's never played in like he obviously play, played very tough against the, the Warriors uh, last year. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I feel like. You know, once you get another taste of that, like with especially with an elite player like Kawhi and you see how different things are, I think they're banking that all that chemistry stuff is gonna just like subside and he's just gonna get back to basketball. So I think he stays too. And I think they're banking on I you know, I don't think they that they, you know, he stays because, you know, they want to sign him to a big contract. I think they're banking on him, you know, increasing his level of play and sort of responding to the moment in the in the
0: playoffs. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Well
0: said. All right, so we got. Is we that the last guy? I wrote these all down. Uh, we'll we'll see in two weeks after the trade deadline. We'll we'll come back to this and we'll see who was right on most things. We did this. We all did right. this over the summer too with free agents, right? That was really fun.
2: Right. Yeah. And I was dead wrong. All
0: <laughs> <often>.
2: <laughs> I think we all had Kawhi come to the Lakers. If I if I remember correctly.
1: Um, I mean, if I'm gonna root for, if I'm gonna wish for a Christmas <laughs> gift,
2: it's not gonna be a piece of coal.
0: <laughs>
1: well, hopefully we do better on these, <laughs> and hopefully the Lakers don't trade anybody.
0: <laughs> I agree,
1: because chemistry is a
0: precious thing. You know,
1: Darren. not
2: everybody can be the forum podcast. Very true. <laughs> Darren Collison, where are you at, man? Um.
1: So tomorrow is actually my, uh, my finals preview. Uh, I have the Lakers meeting the Sixers in the finals. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for that game. Ooh. I, and that's like true size against size. Although Joel's not playing, which makes the game very
2: interesting. Right. They've been playing well, though, even without Embiid, right? They're like, I think they've been winning.
1: Well, especially because Ben Simmons plays very well without Embiid on the floor. Right. Um if he could just play well with him, beat on the floor, yeah. they'd be fantastic. <laughs> that's I have a friend who's a Sixers fan and that's all every time I'll you know I'll text him after a great Ben Simmons performance and he's like, It doesn't matter if you can't do it with the best player on the floor. Like if you just clam mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And obviously they have spacing issues, but that's not what Philly fans think. They, they yeah. think it's they think it's attitude thing. So
0: Yeah.
2: Right. I love how they're over the Al Hoford experience already. It's like Three months into, they're like, "Dude, why doesn't he shoot more?" I'm like, "You got Al Horford. Like, what did you, what did you, what did you think you were getting? Like,
1: (laughs) you you thought the 34 year old was gonna unlock some aspect of his game? He's not LeBron." Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) So, anyway, Lakers play the Sixers tomorrow, and then the Clippers on Tuesday. So that's a huge, huge one-two punch. It's it's gonna be a big week. It's a big week for the Lakers.
0: Right. Yeah, a huge week. If they, if they go undefeated, that's... Because, like, obviously, there's a lot of talk about them not being able to beat top teams. If they go 2-0, I think those talks just end.
2: Yeah, they shut it down. Yeah. They, they shut it down, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, nah, those goalposts would just move. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> that is what happens. That is what they do. <laughs> that is what they do, yeah. What is that, in that's soccer? Goalposts are soccer, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I always think about the field goals in football, but it's probably that's definitely soccer okay. term, goalposts
2: for sure. <laughs> I don't watch soccer that much anyway, so we need a foot we need a basketball term for that, like just lowering the rim. Is that what it would be? Like Oh
1: yes. Yeah. Okay. Lowering yeah. the rim. Okay.
2: Below the rim. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, it, it might be a while uh, until we we talk to you guys uh, next because you know we have uh, some some professional obligations that need to be handled. But you know, it would be cool if we release the bonus podcast <laughs> in it in its stead. Um, but I guess we can talk about that off air. Sure.
0: All right. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea.
1: Yeah. So we'll decide, and uh, I guess you'll find out next week, listeners, <laughs> what what and what in fact happens. <laughs> Um, but Lakers are undefeated in New York. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. Until next time, this has been the forum. Peace. Peace.
0: There we go. I think it's been a long, uh, how many weeks in a row? Okay. Anyway, end, end that. End that. You're good. You're good. It's worth the <laughs> <a> celebration. <laughs>